This is Jace Lacob, and you're watching Chuck versus the Podcast. You were about to enter Chuck versus the Podcast, the place for people who love Chuck and the people who work on Chuck. The only show that takes you behind the scenes with the stars. Yvonne Strahovski. Zachary Levi. Joshua Gomez. Ryan McFarland. Adam Baldwin. Sarah Lancaster. Interactive interviews. Julia Ling. Phil Clemmer. All the cast. Dixon High. Tony Hale. Scott Krinsky. Mark Christopher Lawrence. Anita Figueresi. Fun hosts. This is Mel. This is Liz. Now you can see how wacko we are. The writers. Ali Adler. Scott Rosenbaum. Zev Barrow. The editors. Matt Barber. Jeff Granville. Kevin Mock. Contests. We are giving away a Chuck Press Kit. The directors. Jason Enzo. Norman Buckley. The guest stars. Steve Austin. Kristen Griff. The music. This is Tim Jones. Guest hosts. I'm Kaylee from Toronto. Conventions. Lights come up and here comes Jester out on stage. Set visits. This is the guy right here. And much more. Are you ready? This is Gray. This is Mel. This is Liz. And we want to welcome you to Chuck versus the Podcast, episode 42, for Saturday, February 27th, 2010. This is part two of our interviews with TV critics Mo Ryan from the Chicago Tribune and Jace Lakob from TelevisionaryTV.com, The Daily Beast, and The LA Times, talking about Chuck versus the Mask. We split them up because of the length, and here's part two. We're going to go right into the interview with Jace. So I want to welcome Jace Lakeup to Chuck versus the podcast. How are you doing, Jace? Good. Thanks so much for having me. Now you do a whole pile of things. You do TelevisionaryTV.com. You do LA Times. You do The Daily Beast and other stuff. Uh, that's about it. And uh, so TelevisionaryTV.com, Daily Beast, LA Times, Show Tracker. And uh, that keeps me busy enough. We love reading what you do. And I, I don't keep track of all of those, but I definitely follow Televisionary. And everybody's got critics that you identify with. And it seems like when you write about a show, I've got some of the same sensibilities as you. I, I think you could say it that way. I find it actually really fascinating when Mo Ryan will have a completely different opinion from Alan Sepinwall, and then your opinion will be completely different. And everybody has valid points. But you know all these guys, right? No, I do. I mean... And I think I think what's great about TV is that it is subjective, and that mm. even from a critical standpoint, people are going to have reactions to to episodes in different ways, and and that's sort of the beauty of television as a medium, uh, that we we all sort of take away different things from an episode, even though we're watching the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. um, and Mo and Alan, you know, I I agree with them a lot of times, and I disagree with them a lot of times, and I love that the that episodes or shows like Chuck or Lost can can spark debate um, mm -hmm. and, and get people talking. Yeah. This week's Lost was, uh, in particular, <laughs> a cause for debate. It was. I mean, I think, it, it like the last episode of Chuck that aired, I mean, people are looking at these episodes in a very divisive way. Um, you have mm. people who are loving it on the one hand and people who are really unhappy on the other. Um, and there are probably quite a few people in the middle as well. Um, but people feel connected to these shows in, in very personal ways. And I think that's why you're seeing such sort of divisiveness among viewers and critics, because mm -hmm. we do love these shows. 
Yeah. Now, would it be fair to say, I know when, when I watch a movie, and I, I'm in the industry myself, I'm a TV editor, but um, when when I watch a movie or when I watch a TV show, I, I kind of watch it like when I'm getting on a roller coaster. Like I let it take me where it's going to take me, and I just love the experience of it. I, I can't even actually be critical about something until I watch a second time um, just because I I just like to enjoy what I'm watching. Um, would you, would you say that you're in, in that kind of a camp? Uh, no, I mean, I, I rarely watch, uh, anything a second time before I sort of make an opinion about it. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is sort of that first time, my first impressions, my thoughts, I try to let it simmer for a while and, and usually go to sleep and think about it the next morning, uh, before writing anything. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I, I do watch it. I try to let myself go, but there is sort of that critical instinct that will show up as I'm watching something. And usually during the commercial breaks or while I'm fast forwarding my TiVo, I will say things out loud or comment on what's happened so far, um, whether that's for, for good or ill. Mm -hmm. Now we're, uh, we're obviously here because of Chuck versus the mask. And, and that was an episode that was obviously big news. Um, and it was really interesting to me as I shared with Mo in our earlier interview, um, I actually emailed Phil Klemmer right after I watched the episode and told him I thought it was one of my favorite of the season. I thought it was a great episode. I loved it. I had some incredibly funny moments, some touching moments. And um, and it wasn't until the next day that I realized everybody was really having a hard time with it. Did that reaction surprise you? You know, it did. I, I think I had the same reaction that you did, that I watched it. I really enjoyed this episode. It, it I don't think it was necessarily a perfect episode. I thought Phil did a great job with it, um, but I really enjoyed it. And a lot of the problems that people had with it, I didn't. And, and having gone back and watched it again since then, still don't really have. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was surprised, I think, by the vehemence of the, the dislike for this episode. And I really felt bad for Phil because he was taking a lot of it on the chin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and in particular... Um... I know that one of the biggest complaints that people had was that they felt that things were moving too fast. And there's and there's been some discussion about how Brandon Ruth was not in the previous episode. And um, and I, I know for me, um, I'm a huge believer in what people like to call the off-screen movie, where um, just because Brandon Ruth isn't in the previous episode doesn't mean that he wasn't in their lives in that stretch of time. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I, I, I can believe that that he has been developing some kind of a relationship with with Sarah over the weeks that have preceded this this moment. For a lot of people, it was as if the last ten minutes of the episode, all of a sudden, something just clicked on, and and it's like they met each other, and they just didn't believe that they could have had anything building before that. What, what do you think about that? I, I would actually agree with, with your summation of that. I think, especially with a show like Chuck, there is a lot that happens more or less off screen between episodes. Mm -hmm. um, even Shaw has a, a line um, where he says that Chuck has been on more missions than most spies. Now, we've only seen 42 of those missions. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, Chuck has been on hundreds of missions, um, many of which obviously have not made it to the screen. Uh, and I think these characters do live and breathe between episodes. Um, obviously, the most important elements are what we see on screen, and those mm -hmm. emotional beats and those plot points obviously have to 
to play on screen. Um, but I do believe there is, there is breathing room between the episodes. I think that Shaw has been around for a while. I think that things have passed between them, and it's not as though he's just sort of been there one day, and now mm-hmm. they're kind of maybe falling into this relationship. Though at the same time, I mean, all that we've seen at the end of that episode is sort of a, a back rub. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and I, I know I've, I've made that point as well. It, it, people just sort of equated um, Chuck and Hannah were making out, and they saw a back rub, and they just sort of made them of the same weight. And I don't think they're necessary, and I don't think they're, they're necessarily um, even the same intentions. You've seen the, the future episodes, but people have, have been surmising that she might have been just kind of checking him out to see what he's all about, not necessarily checking him out romantically. And we obviously see Chuck and Hannah beginning to consummate their relationship, their romance. Uh, but that, that Shaw and Sarah situation isn't as blunt, I don't think. I mean, like you mm-hmm. said, it is, it is a back rub. We don't really know her reaction to his intentions. And throughout that episode, we've seen her more or less very suspicious of, of his behavior. Um, of yeah. the way he's trying to come on to her and the the cuteness of sort of bringing her coffee just the way she wants it. And she she's on to his sort of game. Um, whether that is true in the next four episodes, I won't say. <laughs> yeah. And, and now in particular, you, you wrote about this episode. You, you posted um, on Tuesday, February 9th, um, I imagine probably in the midst of, of all of this hubbub. And... Um, some of the things that you mentioned were that you felt that the integration of both Shaw and Hannah were were both handled extremely well over the last few episodes. Can you comment on on why you think people might not think that that uh, that they were? I, and I think actually for most people they would agree with you with with Hannah, but not with Shaw. Well, why, why do you think that would be? Uh, it's funny because I felt like people were really liking Brandon on the show until this episode. Um, (laughs) and a lot of the comments I'd gotten until this point were that they were, you know, extremely happy. They felt as though he was fitting into the the dynamic that was there and becoming a a vital part of this team. Um, the second his interest in Sarah went from being professional to being more than friendship. Um, I feel like people sort of then wrote him off. Um, Mm -hmm. but I do think that he has provided a new sort of dimension to the to the team dynamic um and i've i've liked seeing him on the show i think shaw is a really fantastic character it's nice to see someone different in charge uh especially the fact that he is you know a very tragic figure um Mm -hmm. and like sarah i mean he has sort of loved and lost in the in the most brutal way that you can uh, and he understands the the risks and danger of their of their profession uh in a way that Mm -hmm. that chuck doesn't quite understand yet um and as for hannah i you know both of these people are obviously intended to be love interests for our our central characters um who most people do want to see together um because of that there's there's obviously a lot of investment in the the emotional complexities of their relationship um but when you bring on new love interests there's always going to be a risk as to whether the audience will buy these new permutations or not. Um, mm-hmm. Hannah, I thought, again, was a really sort of different character, um, not your typical love interest for Chuck uh, in the way that Rachel Bilson's Lou or Jordana Brewster's Jill w- were, 
on the show previously. Mm-hmm. Um, they were sort of similarly intellectual, both sort of slumming it at the buy more. Um, and they, there, there was a sort of simpatico sense of, uh, of, of sort of angst between them that they sort of weren't working to their full potential at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and I think as well, people have uh, have focused a lot on Sarah um, being burned by Chuck at the beginning of this season. Um, but you're right; they they forget that a big love of her life was was Bryce, and he's he's gone. And uh, and I, actually, I thought Brandon Ruth's first episode where his character really clicked for me was the very last scene with the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was where I said, yeah, I'm interested in this guy. No, it was the same for me. I thought that, you know, we've seen sort of characters that are that kind of stereotypical super spy. Um, but the fact that they did give him um, a, a tragic backstory, a real sense of loss um, and of, you know, thwarted love, I thought was really important and, and integral to his character. And that particular scene as well is what won me over for Shaw. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm still definitely liking Shaw, even, even with all the the hubbub over Chuck versus the mask. Yeah. Now, now one thing that I think kind of went under the radar for a lot of people, but some some have raised raised objections to, is um, another line that Shaw had uh, in where he was saying that he was going to be taking the training wheels off, and that uh, Sarah and um, and Casey would no longer be with Chuck at one point. Now, for me, I, I see Shaw as a big catalyst, and he doesn't necessarily always mean what he first says. We saw that in first class when he sent Chuck on, on, the, on the airplane thinking he was going to Paris, and really the mission was on the plane. And so um, my thinking is that he's, he's rocking the boat, he's, he's shaking things up, to get Chuck to grow, but he doesn't necessarily want them to be apart. I think a lot of what Shaw was saying makes sense in, in the sense that um, Sarah and Casey are intended to be his handlers. Um, but for the most part, they have sort of been his babysitters. Um, we've seen him grow more into the team this season with the intersect 2.0 and his new abilities. Um, but he's, mm-hmm. he's not quite a spy yet. Um, Shaw's feeling is sort of that they are holding him back by the way that they, they treat him. Um, and that if he is going to grow as a spy, you know, he does need to, to stand up on his own to go on those solo missions and to, uh, to take the training wheels off. Um, I would be very surprised if that meant that Sarah and Casey obviously would no longer be in the show, considering they Uh are with Chuck, sort of our central characters. Um, I agree yeah. that Shaw is meant to be a catalyst for change and to shake these things up and to create new sort of unsettling situations for the team. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's part of, part of a series growth is, is exploring that and, and sort of veering away from the, st- the status quo um, because otherwise sort of, you know, and hopefully there is a season four, um, seeing him sort of go through the same motions might get repetitive. You know, we mm-hmm. do need something to, to shake all of that up. Yeah, and, and something that came up with our discussion with Mo um, is is actually quite a big issue for a lot of people um, that this is this is a different Chuck now. And Mo made the point that if if he was still the same Chuck that was in season one, 
she wouldn't be interested in the show. I don't think any of us were would be if if we didn't see the character grow, if we didn't see the situations grow, if we didn't see the stakes being raised. But it it begs the question: how how far can the stakes be raised? How much can they change Chuck and still have him be um, the character that we love? Right. I don't think we're going to see Chuck become you know Jack Bauer anytime soon. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I don't see that. I mean, at its heart, the show is you know, an action comedy. Uh, Chuck is very much an everyman, and I don't think they're going to make him, you know, this crazy super spy with, uh, you know, no sense of morality. I don't think they're going to go there. Um, so in that case, mm-hmm. I mean, he can only change so much. Um, the situations around him can change, and he can make progress as he sort of takes his first steps into adulthood um, and, and puts it behind his kind of arrested development. Um but I think the problem is, is that he is, he is changing significantly, um, but that change is resulting in, in some problems for Sarah. And I think that's, that's the crux of sort of where their relationship problems are at the moment, in that he's not the same guy that she originally met and that she originally perhaps fell for. And yeah. that's a lot of the tension through this next part of the season. Yeah. And and I think it's pretty interesting because um, I I really really saw that especially on um, on Yvonne's face uh, the last couple of episodes is that you can really really see that angst um, she where she doesn't like what she's seeing in Chuck um, in in how he's becoming and uh, I, I and definitely kudos to Yvonne Strahovski she she plays the she plays the unspoken role so well <laughs> you can read so much in in her face but i think even without these catalyst scenes that we had in mask we would still have this conflict between them um it's still going to come to a head whether it comes to a head with hannah and shaw like this or whether it comes to a head in a different way um they're going to have to deal with that elephant in the room which is that um there's a difference in their relationship now I think I think that's definitely the case, um, and and this goes back to a conversation I had with with Yvonne uh, back when they were filming episode three hundred four, um, in which we talked about the fact that Sarah for for Chuck represents sort of a platonic ideal of a of a superhero mm-hmm. almost, um, and sort of the the superhero that he wants to be. Um, his main goal through the series has sort of been to to achieve his heart's desire, um, but that is two different things. One of that is, one of those things is becoming a spy, saving the world, and the other is landing the girl. Unfortunately, those things mm-hmm. seem to be at cross purposes now. The more he becomes entrenched in that spy world, the less of a chance he almost has with Sarah because she's on the opposite trajectory in that she is a spy but is looking to regain some sense of normalcy in her life that sort of normalcy that she's never had and which Chuck in his sort of every man averageness represents for her. Hmm. Well, let's, let's talk a bit about, um, about what you, what you liked about the mask episode. Sorry, we're changing gears a little bit here. <laughs> um, in, in regard to the mask, I mean, you know, the mission itself wasn't exactly that exciting or that, you know, dynamic, but um, it sort of represented a, a, a almost a tipping point in, in the show in that, you know, we have Hannah, we have Shaw, we have these sort of two almost couples 
um, that are dancing around a number of issues. Um, and, and we have the fact that, you know, Hannah is a very, very intelligent woman uh, who represents po- the potential for happiness with Chuck in a sort of real-life context. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they both are highly intelligent. They're both sort of not working to their full potential. Um, but there's, there is a real spark between them. There's a real sense of, of chemistry, I think, and, and camaraderie. Um, and I, I liked the fact that, you know, she did sort of force her way onto this, onto this mission and, and almost did sort of unmask him mm-hmm. uh, in the episode. Um, and I think if anyone could unmask him, it, it might be Hannah because she is sort of so detail-oriented, so intelligent, so specific, and is keeping a very watchful eye on Chuck. Um, and, and I liked that element of danger that was there. Um, and, you know, the fact that as a potential love interest for Chuck, she's very wary of his relationship with Sarah, um, mm-hmm. with the sort of ex-girlfriend that isn't quite out of the picture. Yeah. And I thought that was nicely played both sort of at the Bymore and in this sort of mission world um, of, you know, at the, the night at the museum. And that to me was, was what was interesting about the episode. And I just thought there were some really nice moments. I loved, you know, finding out how exactly Casey takes his coffee, which was just <laughs> super fitting that it's, you know, black and bitter. Yeah. Um, I thought that was just absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of seeing Morgan as well become increasingly suspicious about what's going on. And I thought that was incredibly important in this episode, um, that, after, especially after the previous episode, that he and Ellie are now sort of paying more attention to Chuck's eccentricities and wondering mm-hmm. just what's going on with, with Chuck Bartaski. Um, and that, to me, was what, what made the episode interesting, all of those sort of elements. Um, yeah. And seeing the, the series sort of broaden out to include newer characters. Um, I thought Phil did a good job. Yeah, and you know, pe- people talk about how the last eight, ten minutes were, were not so great. Boy... Something that happened in the last, a couple of things that happened in the last eight minutes. The, the scene, I mean, the look on Morgan's face when he discovered Chuck and Hannah. I mean, that was a great Morgan moment right there. Well, that's um, not, you know, a palpable sort of sense of betrayal. Probably the worst that we've seen on the show. I mean, that cut him absolutely to the core. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think there have been issues between Chuck and Morgan, um, especially the fact since they've moved in together. Um, but I think that was one of those moments where this relationship that has been at the foundation of the show is more tenuous than we've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it seems like up to now, he's, Morgan has just kind of been completely unaware or just had a switch in his head that just he wasn't seeing any of this. But now he is, and that's going to really, really change things I, I figure but the the other scene that happened in the last few minutes that i just loved was um that very tender moment between chuck and sarah um in in the hallway at the castle um when uh when he shared that he's glad that, that if she's with somebody that's with a hero like uh, uh like shaw and she says you know that that she definitely has a type yeah um and and a lot of people maybe thought that that type was you know, the Bryce Larkin Shaw type, but I think that's, that's referring to Chuck as well, um, Mm -hmm. that she does see him as, as a hero, maybe not, you know, as overtly as, you know, Bryce Larkin and and Shaw are there for their sort of super spy skills, 
but she is attracted to that heroic guy, um, which, which Chuck is. I mean, let's not mm-hmm. forget that, you know, more so than these guys who have years of training. I mean, he puts his neck on the line every week um, yeah. to, to save the country, to, uh, you know, to be the intersect and to, to carry this burden. And I thought that was a, a really nice scene um, and a very sort of adult conversation where they sort of put themselves on the same level as one another and did regard each other as, as equals. And I thought that was a, mm-hmm. a really beautiful, tender moment that a lot of people really didn't think was that. Yeah. So um, before we move on, do you, do you have any other other thoughts about the episode or the phenomenon associated with it? Um, I mean, I think it really was a divisive episode. Um, I certainly, when I wrote my review, wasn't aware of how upset a lot of fans were with, with the episode. Um, would, I wouldn't change what I wrote, um, but I was surprised that people reacted so negatively um, and were so upset uh, by this episode, um, especially because it, 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 it was only the seventh episode in a, you know, in a season. Um, mm-hmm. There are obviously going to be lots of changes. Um, and, and what sort of got to me the most was that people were sort of drawing a line in the sand and saying that this, this episode represents a huge mistake and the writers have completely messed up. And, and I don't see it as that. I see it as mm-hmm. one step in, in many steps for this season to sort of take us on a journey and take us to the end of the season. I think, too, the fact that this season was originally supposed to be 13 episodes plays a, a huge role in, in perhaps that, that sense of that a lot of this was rushed. Um, mm-hmm. This was supposed to be sort of the halfway point for the season. Yeah. Uh, now it's not. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how those sort of back six episodes play into this overarching story or, or not, as the case may be. Yeah. Well, and, and I think people want the cake. Um, they, they have to be willing to put, put up with all the things that, it takes to make that cake. <laughs> like, like they, they want that, those, um, really climactic moments in, in the end of the season, but they've got to build from somewhere and they've got to build with conflict. And, and I think the greater the conflict, the greater the potential for deepening of these relationships. Um, so I, I mean, I, 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 for one, I was really tentative when they brought Lou in the picture in the first season. Um, and I thought they did a great job in handling that. And it really propelled a lot of the relationships forward a lot more quickly. Same thing with, with Jill in the second season. And uh, I just feel like I, I trust the writers here. I mean, every time I talk to them, they are incredibly excited about the, the later episodes in the season and what they're planning and, and what I guess this has opened the door for, um, if you want to put it that way. I, I mean, I would agree with that. And I think... You know, we do need to trust the writers, and, and this isn't a show that has steered its viewers wrong terribly in the past. I mean, the reason people fought so hard for the show to come back was because they believed in the writers and wanted to see this vision continue. And mm-hmm. I think that we need to do the same here. We do need to trust that they know what they're doing and that there is a plan and that these things aren't sort of slotted in haphazardly. They do have a vision. They do have a plan. And we need to trust that they, to let them sort of carry that out and, and you know, enact that vision. And I, it, mm-hmm. just, it just really saddened me that people were so quick to sort of 
point the finger of blame and, and make accusations and in some cases that, that sort of fringe minority that wanted to you know, out and out boycott the show um, because of one episode and because of what happened in one episode um, hmm. and not look at the larger picture of where this story is going and how yeah. long it, it, it can sustain itself and what would impede the series from being allowed to do that. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good segue to our next question, which is, uh, spoiler free, mm-hmm. you've seen the next few episodes. What can you say about where we're headed uh, in a very general, non-spoilery way? Uh, it's great. Besides for that, um, I think we're going to some very interesting places, and I think that um, a lot of the problems that people had with Chuck versus the mask are dealt with in a very interesting way uh, in the next episode, um, which is written by Ali Adler. And mm-hmm. um, those criticisms are dealt with actually pretty solidly in the episode. And the characters themselves actually do voice some of the same concerns that some people have mm-hmm. um, about Shaw and Sarah and Chuck and all of that, and and there is there is there are a lot of fun moments that that deal with that, um, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of sort of fantastic action comedy in that episode as well, uh, and I think Zach in that episode is amazing, and mm-hmm. um, we see a very different side of him than we've seen before, and I don't want to give too much away about that, but it's it's <laughs> absolutely fantastic to see him in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. Besides, for that episode, I mean. The uh, episode 309, uh, which Scooter Rosenbaum wrote, Chuck versus the Beard, is probably one of, if not my favorite Chuck episode ever. Mm-hmm. And Zach directed that one. And yes, Zach did direct that one. I thought he did an amazing job. Uh, there's one scene in particular that involves a flash bomb that mm-hmm. I thought was so beautiful and so elegantly directed that I, I do have to give Zach credit for, uh, for absolutely wowing me. Um, wow. It's just an amazing scene, and, and he did an amazing job with the episode. Uh, and it's just a fantastic episode from start to finish, and mm-hmm. does change a lot of elements of the show. Not in the way that you know the season finale from season two did, but yeah. um, there's definitely a lot of change going on. Mm-hmm. Well, I sure can't wait to see it. Uh, my press kit is delayed. Uh <laughs> I'm I'm in Canada, so I I get them about a month late, and uh, so by the time they come, the, air, the episodes have already aired. But well, anyway. <laughs> it, it's worth the wait, even if well, I mean, I mean, yeah. you only have to wait till Monday to see uh, Chuck versus the fake name. That's true. So uh, so there's there's Chuck in the pipeline at least. Yeah, that's true. Well, um, that's all I have. Uh, we always give everybody a, a chance to promote any charities or if there's anything else you've got going on. Um, anything coming up in, on any of your uh, other um, sites or blogs or things like that that you'd like to, to push? Uh, well, I actually, today um, on the Daily Beast, you can read an, uh, an article that went live today that's about uh, representations of autism in, in pop culture and mm-hmm. why some series creators are or aren't labeling their characters as being autistic or having Asperger's syndrome. Uh, and I talked to uh, the creator of Community and Parenthood, and we deal with um, the Big Bang Theory and, and some, some other films that are out right now that deal with um, autism and autistic characters. 
Um, and I think it's, it's an important dialogue to be having. Um, and the, the actual topic itself, uh, neurodiversity, I think is incredibly important and something that we need to be aware of and sort of embrace the neurological spectrum that, that we all sit on. Um, mm. So I would, I would definitely say to, uh, to check that out. Great. And, and how do people find out um, about the things you're writing? Televisionarytv.com? Uh, yeah, televisionarytv.com. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It is just televisionary. And uh, I have no problem plugging myself constantly. So, <laughs> Well, we, uh, you know what? If, if anything, what I appreciate is that I, I really get a sense that, that you enjoy Chuck. And, and because of that... I, I'm willing to go along with the ride. <laughs> Same thing. I mean, I, honestly, all, all you guys. I mean, Alan and and Mo and 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 you. I, I think it's really important to um, to Chuck to have um, TV critics who are in Chuck's court, if you if you want to put it that way. <laughs> I think it is too. I mean, I think that you know, critics, viewers. I mean, we all sort of got on this ride, and we all you know put our foot down last spring and said, you know, we believe in the show, and we want this show to come back. And I think it's a show that, that we all embrace, that we all love, and that I think that, you know, that's, that's a rare thing in, in sort of this, the days of fragmented media, uh, to have a mm. show that, that so many people can watch. It's the only show that, that my entire family watches. And that's my parents yeah. in New York, my brother, my wife, me. I mean, we all watch the show. We all love Chuck. And it's just an incredible series that, that does cross a number of, you know, national gender age boundaries. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a show that I think, you know, we, that we all love and that we need to trust the writers to, to continue to deliver. And, and hopefully we'll be talking about the show for many years to come. Knock on wood. Yeah. Knock on wood. Um, th this is my prediction. End of season six or seven is Chuck and Sarah have given up the spy world they're getting married and as they're on their way to the honeymoon chuck flashes on somebody and they have to get back in the action and then lights out we're done yeah i can definitely see that happening and and hopefully yeah. we do get to that point and we we do get you know former seasons down the line and you know continue to talk about the show and you know i i hope i hope nbc continues to believe in in the show and support the show and the fans and critics do too because it is a great show and I really think the next four episodes will make a lot of people happy. Hmm. Yeah, I sure hope so. And I, I sure hope people really give it a chance. I hope they do, too. I hope they, they put yeah. aside any sort of ill will they might be feeling after, uh, after Chuck versus the mask and uh, just sort of trust in the journey and not think so much about the destination. And, you know, we'll yeah. get there eventually. Cool. Well, I really, really appreciate you joining us uh, and, uh, and talking so long with, uh, with me today. Um, I really, really enjoy all the things you write, and I always follow your updates. And I urge everybody who's listening to this podcast, uh, make sure you check out televisionarytv.com and see all that Jace gives us. And uh, so thanks, thanks for being with me today. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Gray. And we're back. Uh, this has been a marathon video podcast, and we hope you enjoyed all of the great stuff from Jace and from Mo. 
And we're sure looking forward to the next episode of Check. I hope that you will join us to watch it on March 1st at 8, 7 Central on NBC. Um, I know Liz and I will be out there tweeting, and I'm pretty sure Gray is going to join us, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. even though uh, I think uh, we might have it an hour. Or- oh, wait a second. It's after the Olympics, so yeah. we, we don't get it earlier in Canada anymore. Finally! Ha ha! Canadians take note. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, more Chuck. And um, again, if you uh, listened to this whole thing, you know that 308 might not be quite the resolution you were looking for after 307, but it's it's going to be worth it. So the the journey continues. Yes, the journey mm-hmm. continues. So yeah. So we are going to wrap it up. It's been a long one. Um, we hope you like our video format. And uh, it, I do want to remind you that we also offer an MP3 edition for those who uh, are driving and don't want to be distracted and crash. <laughs> and that's our public service announcement. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, see you next time. See ya. Bye. <laughs>